On today's show, we're sharing six ways to keep your clients paying longer. They say it's always much cheaper to keep your current clients and customers than to go out and get new ones. And the fourth one I'm going to be sharing today is going to sound super obvious when I share it, but it's something that I see almost nobody doing because they assume it's going to take a lot of time. In reality, it doesn't. I'll explain why. All right, let's jump into all of it right now. There's no wrong way to be an entrepreneur, and that's the dirty little secret the business gurus don't want you to know. They want you to do things their way, but their way may not be your way. The key to success is finding the strategies that work best for you. Welcome to The Six Ways with Jerry Potter. And welcome to episode number 17 of The Six Ways, where every week we bring on a smart, innovative guest that is thriving in their field of expertise to share their best tips so that we can all achieve our entrepreneurial goals because I truly believe we all do better when we all do better. Uh, this is both an audio and a video podcast. So if you are listening or watching one format, you want to switch to the other one, you can find the link in the description or show notes of wherever you are. And while you're there, I know your time is valuable. So we've added timestamps for the episode so that you can skip to any section or revisit any section easily. Uh, my name is Jerry Potter, host of the show and founder of 5-Minute Social Media. And my guest today is Andrea Ames. And Andrea worked for some of the biggest software companies in the world, helping them retain their customers and now helps entrepreneurs like us do the same thing, which is why I'm so excited that she is here. Andrea, welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me. So on the, uh, just to go back when you worked for these huge corporations, you know, I'd shared in the intro that they say it's always cheaper to keep your current people than to acquire a new customer or client. Was there any data or statistics around that that you remember with the companies you worked with where they would kind of like how big of an impact that was or how big of a difference it was? Yeah, so it really depends a lot on the industry. But in the software space and in particular in SaaS at the time that I was in um software, which was almost seven years ago now, six mm -hmm. and a half years ago, um, it was anywhere from five to 15 times more expensive to acquire a new customer than it was to retain an existing customer. Substantial. <laughs> yes, substantial. If you think about all the marketing costs, even if you don't run ads, especially if you're a company with employees, if you're an, a solopreneur, you might not think of your time as a cost, although it is. Yeah. But if you've got employees, that that's a real cost. That's money you're paying out of your business. And um, if you think about the people it takes to do marketing, um, the people, the salespeople you're employing, the product development cost that, um, you know, in terms of like collateral and so on. So it's not even people. Yeah. There's a tremendous amount of cost that goes into building an audience and actually converting them into a customer. Well, I'm so excited that you do this now for entrepreneurs and even solopreneurs, you know, one person businesses, because up there at the top in these big companies, you know, they have, you know, tens or hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars to spend on researching and testing and all of this stuff. And then meanwhile, at the smaller business level, sometimes we're just guessing, you know, we're, we're not, we don't get to figure out uh, what color creates the right emotion in our ideal customer. So we're going to make our logo that color. Uh, we just, we're right. just kind of guessing, like, I guess this looks okay. And so I love that you can bring your experience to uh, smaller businesses now. So uh, six ways to keep your clients 
pain longer. I, Andrea, brought three, and I'm going to share three. Also, our question of the week from Gareth this week, my expenses are going up, but I'm afraid if I raise my rates on my clients, they'll leave. How should I approach this? So we will answer that question as well here in just a few moments. So six ways to keep your clients paying longer. Guest always goes first. Andrea, what do you got? Well, you know, when you asked me about this, I don't know if you've heard of two truths and a lie, <laughs> but this is do, two do's and a don't. Okay. Um, and so I'll start with the do's. And I think the first do is really engage your folks right away. You want to engage them immediately. There's lots and lots of ways to do that. I focus on onboarding with my clients, um, in particular, in uh, live could be in person or virtual, but some kind of kickoff event where folks can connect with one another. Um, and my very favorite tactic is the onboarding challenge. So I love to give people things to do and make it really interesting, even when they're doing boring stuff like join my group and introduce yourself or sign into your portal and fill out your profile. That is not what people joined your program for, right? <laughs> uh, but it needs to be done. So you might as well make it fun. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's so important because they're in any of our businesses, uh, assuming you're not getting on a one-on-one -on -one call with them. One of the things that we have to do is get them involved and engaged right away in some way. And so I love that you talk about like, Hey, let's, let's make it fun. Let's cause nobody was like, yes, I'm going to buy your thousand dollar course because I've just been dying to join another private Facebook group. <laughs> Such a said no one ever. Right. Yeah. It's such a perfect analogy. Absolutely love that. And the sooner you can engage them, the better. And the beauty is with technology these days, even if you have people all over the world and they sign up at 2 a.m., you can get them engaged. And when you wake up, they're already engaged, uh, which is fantastic. Yes. So, all right. Next up, number two, six ways to keep your clients paying longer. Uh, I'm going to say, let them get to know you. So, I know that a lot of people have guards up in their business, or we think, well, they don't care about me. They don't care about me in the least. But the fact of the matter is, and I've been really leaning into teaching more workshops around becoming a personal brand. And the reason for that is personal brands do three really important things that all business owners want, okay? Number one, we want to be remembered. There are people in industries sometimes where if a client doesn't need you for a while, they will forget that you exist, or maybe they don't forget you exist. Maybe they were a childhood friend, but they don't remember that that's even what you do professionally anymore. So you want them to remember you. Number two, you want them to trust you. So when you share more about who you are as a human, then they are going to trust you a lot faster, either because you connected over something, like maybe that you both love the same rare breed of dogs, for example, or because you shared something vulnerable that just kind of triggers things in people where they go, well, they're going to share that. They're not going to lie about other stuff. Like, why would they? <laughs> that's, that's embarrassing almost. Um, but the third and, you know, possibly best reason for letting people into who you are and becoming a personal brand is you can charge more. And so all of these have, are the reason that I've been kind of leaning into this, especially in the world of AI and this just mass produced content. But the more of a connection your new clients or students or members feel to you, the longer they are absolutely going to stay because it moves from being a transactional relationship to a personal relationship. And my favorite part about this is I've seen what some people do and they're like, 
hey, welcome to the program. Tell me about you. Tell me about your stuff. And some people go, whoa, hey, you don't know each other yet. And so you can invite them into your world and who you are as a person instead, which still fosters that intimacy without them feeling like you're violating their private space. So uh, definitely lean into that and just incorporate it. And just to give you an example too, you know, we, we talked about how you work in software, um, Andrea. I, when I try out, a, I'm trying all these AI tools, these software as a service AI tools. And when I get a clearly automated email from the founder or whoever it is, and it shares a little something personal and, you know, I'm always kind of like, oh, interesting. Okay. These are real people here. Good to know. So makes a big difference. Yeah. I, I am, um, you know, they say they, they come for the content and stay for the community. I think sometimes we forget we're part of the community and um, the connection they have with us is absolutely going to make a difference. And I love how you talked about trust. And I would definitely encourage people to go first and not ask others about themselves mm -hmm. because that is actually a big step toward creating psychological safety in your group. So um, mm. when you step up as a leader and you're being vulnerable and transparent and authentic, then as you said, Jerry, other people feel like, oh, they said that kind of embarrassing thing. Um, I can say some embarrassing things. I can share what's really going on with me. I can share if I'm emotional and so on. So that psychological safety is super important. That's great. All right, up next, number three, Six ways to keep your clients' pain longer. What do you got, Andrea? Well, we talk about visibility in our business and being visible to do our marketing and so on. But I'm going to say the most important aspect of visibility in your business is making your customers' progress visible, not only to you, but to them. Mm. I know in my programs and in many of my clients' programs, our clients are overachievers. And I am uh, in the Overachievers Anonymous group. Uh, I'll add things to my to-do list so that I can check them off and see that I did all the things. Even if you've already and done them? I've already done them. Yeah, but I'll get them on the list. And the thing is, with most people who are busy, and quick action takers and so on, like we tend to acquire in our programs or attract in our programs is that we often do something. Sometimes it's small, but sometimes it's even really big. And we're just like, okay, check, done, and moving on to the next thing. And what happens is at the one month mark, when they're getting ready to renew their membership fee or whatever, um, they don't remember what they've done. They don't remember their own progress. Now, the other thing that no one ever said ever is I'm making too much progress in this program. Thus, I need to quit. No, no one says that. So you have to be sure that folks can see their progress. And that means that they need to um, be making progress. So obviously, you have to get your folks results. And um, the best way to do that is in nice, small, incremental steps. I always have my clients put a really clear journey together so that folks know exactly what to do next. Then you need to measure it. You actually need to know where is Jerry on my customer journey? Mm -hmm. And then you need to celebrate it. And I think that's another something that a lot of folks 
either don't never get around to or they're a little embarrassed by. Um, I know when I get celebrated in a group, I'm a little like, okay, thank you. And then I kind of want to crawl away. Um, but I think it's really important. And if they make it a part of the culture of your group, then it just becomes the norm and people look forward to it and they look forward to celebrating each other. And again, we go back to building community and connection and that's going to people keep people in your group longer. So yeah, make progress visible. Super important to them. Yeah. And we could probably do a whole other episode about how to do that and how to measure that yeah. and everything like that. But I'm so glad that you brought that up. Um, we're talking about six ways to keep your clients paying longer. Number four coming up here in just a second. By the way, this episode is brought to you by dailysocialmediatips.com. Thousands of entrepreneurs get these from me and I would invite you to get them as well. Send a quick daily tip. What'd you say? I do. Oh, <laughs> Andrea does. I send a quick daily tip and uh, it's all designed to help you move forward in your business. And if any point they stop being helpful, you can quickly and easily unsubscribe. So sign up right now at dailysocialmediatips.com. It's dailysocialmediatips.com. Okay. Six ways to keep your clients paying longer. Number four, invite new people to reach out to you personally. Now, this is obviously that connection piece that we've been talking about in this episode and making them feel a personal connection. But the majority of the people don't do this because they go, I don't have time for that in my day. I don't, I'm not, how am I going to reply to all that stuff? You know, all of those kind of things. But here's the secret that people don't realize until they actually try this. The majority of the people will never reach out. But the fact that you made yourself available still has that same impact. And so, for example, in my uh, Social Media Leads Lab program, um, which Andrea is in, but I don't think I had this when you joined, uh, but essentially when you come in, I, there is now one email and it's a little bit about mindset and things like that, but I encourage them to personally message me on Facebook because that's just where it's easiest for me to communicate. I don't want to be in, in my email inbox. And, you know, not many of them do. But those that do, I know that, you know, it's great. We make a connection. They stay longer. But also those that don't, I know, have later said, yeah, I love the fact that you made that available to me. And so if they have any you know, questions, concerns, clients, or maybe they're just like loving it and want to let you know and you can, you can feel good, but also maybe get a testimonial out of it. Um, it just works really, really well. And so I encourage you that even if you think you don't have time, Build something in for new clients and customers where you can, they can reach out to you. And this is another one I've seen actually in the software industry a lot where you'll get an email from the CEO and they invite you to reply. I've never replied, but I do have a new affinity just for that company knowing that there's a human there that's willing to theoretically reply. Again, I've never, never replied, so I don't know, but I think that makes a big, big difference. Yeah. Amazing. Um, I love that you're, so far, your um, your ways are so human and relationship oriented and connection oriented. I think we often get into, especially group programs, and entrepreneurs are not quite at the "you're just a number to me" level. But when we get enough people in a program, um, they it becomes a, a group, and it's not individuals anymore. So, well, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm glad that you brought that up because one of the things, you know, when I worked as a radio personality for years and years and years, um, 
we sort of, there was this unwritten rule that if you could meet a listener in person, they would be a listener for life. And mm -hmm. I think that applies to clients and customers and not that you're going to be able to meet all of your people, but if you can make that early personal connection early on, um, again, they may not be for life. Listening to the radio is free, uh, but they, they will hang around uh, much, much longer because you're able to do yeah. that. Unless you're able to serve them better, you know, which is great and get feedback on your program or, or whatever it might be. So I always encourage right. people to set, set that up. So, all right. Uh, next no, up. I, oh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, I have a client who learned something from Pat Flynn. Mm -hmm. And even if you put the call out there and no one responds to you, he actually reaches out to a certain number of people periodically, maybe once a month or something, and invites them specifically to get on a quick call with him, like 15 minutes, just to find out more about them, to find out how they're liking the program and that sort of thing. So I think you can even go one step further and just reach out to people. He does it randomly. Um, and my client does the same, five people a month. And just to see like what's up with them. And yeah. it keeps him very much in touch and aligned with what's going on in his uh, members' lives. And I, I love that. And I think the principle to keep in mind here psychologically is, again, most people won't abuse this. I have one friend who offers unlimited one-on-ones to the members in his group program, and they almost never ask. They're also busy, but again, they, they, they won't do it unless they feel like, oh, I'm really stuck. I really need help. At that point, you'd probably, you know, depending for his at his price point, he'd want to get on a call uh, with right. them anyway. So, yeah. all right. Um, up next, number five of six ways to keep your clients paying longer. Andrea. All right. So this is our big don't. I don't like to give out don'ts, but this is a huge don't. Um, don't overwhelm them. We have such a tendency. And I think this comes very much from a heartfelt place of service and a desire to help people and take all the expertise in our head and give it away to somebody. Maybe not give it away, but yeah. give it to other people. And um, we give them all of our content. We have four two-hour coaching meetings a month. We just give them everything. And it goes against all of our instincts to hold stuff back. But we have to understand that we're doing it for our customers' own good. Because as soon as their brain kicks into overwhelm, we aren't getting anywhere with them. And so instead, I mentioned having a nice, clear journey. So really understanding where do you want your customer to go? What is the very next step? And then when you put your content in particular into your program, thinking about, is this absolutely necessary to help this person get to this next step? And if not, throw it away. Um, I have a client that I worked with recently who had her membership for eight years. And she had a lot of content in there. And she got to a point where she was holding a live meeting. I believe it was monthly. People would come on just to find out what to do next. She knew that her content was totally overwhelming. Yeah. People had no idea what the next step was. And so she went in, restructured her content, clarified the path, made short courses that were linear, one step at a time. And she's already, it's been five or six weeks. 
she's already getting input from her customers saying, my mind is blown. It's super clear. I know exactly how to move forward. And that's exactly what you want people to be saying, because if you're going to make their progress visible to them, they have to be making progress. And if they're in overwhelm, they are not making progress. So yeah, make your, don't let your content and your enthusiasm and your love for your customers get to a point of overwhelming them. And I think that applies to service providers too. Like don't bombard them with extra emails and texts and don't introduce new things for them to think about that take away from the goal they hired you to reach as well. I think that can go a lot of different ways. So, yes. all right. Next up, number six of six ways to keep your clients' pain longer. Uh, reward your returning people. And this is something that I see the opposite of so often. And, and maybe this is just the way my brain works, but I've never really quite understood where people are just running around trying to raise the rates. And I know some are, you know, publicly you know, held companies and you have to, uh, you know, you have to keep pleasing the stockholders and, and things like that. But, you know, reward your returning people. And this could mean locking in the rate that they, you know, signed up with you for um, and not raising their rates. But it can also just be surprising and, you know, delighting them, um, you know, go through and keep track of, maybe anniversaries that might be personal or even anniversaries working with you. Maybe you have something that you send at the three month mark that you have been managing their accounting or the six month mark or different things like that. But really reward your returning people because as, as Andrea shared at the beginning of this episode, it can cost five to 15 times as much to acquire a new client. And so if you think about that versus what it might cost just for a quick little gesture, um, then that I think can make a massive, massive difference. And I know if your expenses are going up and this our question of the week we're going to talk about here in just a second is about that. Sometimes you have to raise the rates. And that's why I think, you know, there's other things that you can do to surprise and delight them as you go. But you got to systematize it. You know, I, I think we all kind of start off thinking like, that was nice. I think I'll do something for them or whatever. But, but systematizing it often, it works better. And sometimes your clients will even, you go, oh, yeah, I heard it at... Uh, at six months, you send the special such and such or whatever. So I've been looking forward to that. I heard it from my friend that referred me to you. And so <laughs> that's where that stuff I think can work really well. So, um, all right, we're going to recap all six here in just a second. But uh, first, our question of the week from Garrett, my expenses are going up, but I'm afraid if I raise my rates on my clients, they'll leave. How should I approach this? So Andrea, what would you say to Garrett? So Garrett... Uh, this is going to be an uncomfortable answer for you. I'm going to suggest that you raise your rates and not to leave the customers who can no longer afford your program in the dust. Absolutely not. I would think about how can you continue to serve them? Do you have other content, podcast, blog, something that could continue to serve them in some way? Um, and I know your concern is that customers will leave, and I will guarantee you some of your customers are going to leave when you raise your rates. And what I would say to that is that's okay because you're also going to get other customers who might have looked at your program and the price point and thought that it perhaps it was not going to serve them because they believe they need something more expensive. We could get into the mindset of pricing and yeah. what that means about the value and quality that people perceive your program to have. But 
often what happens when you raise your rates is you just acquire a different group of clients. And so um, you might not have as many clients, but with your raised rate, you might make more money. Um, and you might get a different kind of client. And I am thinking, as soon as I heard this question, the first thought that came to my mind was Mike Michalowicz's book called The Pumpkin Plan. And he talks all about- He's the author of Profit First, right? He's the author, author of Profit First, The Toilet Paper Entrepreneur, a number of books. And The Pumpkin Plan is a fantastic book that basically talks about honing in on your ideal customer in a way that, yeah, you might fire some customers or you might raise your services and rates to a level where they no longer are ideal customers. And that's okay. I think the problem that one of the problems that we have in our culture, if you will, is that if somebody leaves, it's a personal statement about you or it says something personal about your program or the value or quality of the program. And that's not necessarily the case. Not everyone is going to be your, your client, even if they were your client in the past. Mm. So I think you have to tell yourself, this is what needs to be done. I would also ask yourself so that you feel good about it. Do you think your program is worth the higher rate? Is the value there? If it is, raise your rate, be, feel good about it, and see if you can't put some information or something out into the world that will help the folks who can't afford to work with you. So that's my advice. Sorry if it was a little uncomfortable, Garrett. I get the sense you've coached somebody through this before. <laughs> yes, many people. <laughs> no, that was great. And, and and there's a lot to think about there. Garrett, um, what I will add is that, you know, because I one of the ways that I shared here was reward your people and don't raise their rates. But if your expenses are going up, what I like to look at is it's like, oh, gosh, you're thinking, what will happen if I do this? What will happen if I raise my rates? They'll leave. But then the alternative is, well, what would happen if I don't raise my rates? And if your expenses are actually going up, then you are going to be out of business. So, you know, which is it? You're not being greedy here. You are actually needing to raise your rates to cover your expenses. You could always alter the package, take away something. You know, there's different things like that that you could do to customize for the client. And I also think, too, if you tend to attract people like most of us do that are similar to you in values and things like that, they are going to totally understand. They probably raise the rates in their own businesses, business sometimes. Um, depending on how many clients you have, you might even do a little digging and see if you can find out if they raise their rates mm -hmm. at some point. And then you know, they're gonna be like, oh, yeah, okay, par for the course. Um, ultimately, we all want lowest the lowest maintenance clients, uh, the ones that aren't worrying about it. They're just saying, yeah, no problem. Where do I send the check? And so that's, I think, uh, was a great, of uh, what Andrea kind of described is working toward that, where your entire roster is those clients. So, but great question. Uh, and uh, thank you, you for got the this, uncomfortable uh, <laughs> conversation, uh, Andrea. I appreciate that as well. So, okay. I want to know what Andrea's favorite uh, tip was from today and think about yours. We always love to know what yours was as well. So a quick recap, six ways to keep your clients paying longer. Number one, engage them right away. If they never get engaged, they will never stay. Uh, number two, let them get to know you as a person. It builds trust and intimacy without violating their privacy, which they may not be ready to if they're a new client or a customer. Uh, number three, um, 
make their progress visible to them. You have to show them that they're making progress and make sure they are aware of it and have a way to see it. Number four is uh, inviting people to reach out to you personally. It sounds like it'll take up all your free time. Most people won't, but the fact that they were invited to will again, develop more of an affinity toward you from your clients and customers. Number five, don't overwhelm them with uh, too much stuff. And number six, reward your returning people. If you are going to spend extra money, uh, spend it on keeping them versus spending five to 15 times as much on acquiring a new client or customer. So um, it doesn't have to be awkward. You can pick your own way if you want, Andrea, but of the six, which one was your favorite today? I, it's a tie for me between two and six. I love the relationship and the connection quality of number two, but I also really love number six. And just one quick thing about that, um, rewarding your existing customers, it doesn't even have to be something like keep your like grandfathering their price. I love um, getting ideas from other kinds of businesses. And this one, the first thing that came to mind was, here's what I hate. When I get a, something in the mail that says, try out our new hair salon, 50% off for new, brand, new customers. And yet maybe yeah. I've been going to this hair salon for 10 years and I've never gotten a 50% off coupon. Yeah. And so if you've got a reward kind of program, like a punch card kind of program, doesn't have to be a physical punch card, but something where I can do something and be rewarded and not the first guy through the door or the first time through the door gets the reward, but the person who's coming back gets the reward. I think that is huge and creates such a different feeling of um, loyalty. They call it, don't call them loyalty programs for nothing. Yeah. 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 And that's, and those, you know, new customer discounts can be so effective, but it is kind of a slap in the face to your current people. So, all right. Yes. Um, my favorite one is uh, something that I had learned from Andrea previously that she shared today, which is make their progress visible to them. Uh, there are a, there's a small percentage of the population that, that looks at what they've done and what they have achieved, but the majority of the population will not do that. They will always be looking ahead to what they haven't achieved. And, that is why you need to make sure to find a way to show them and remind them what they have achieved. And so um, speaking of that, uh, if you are interested in learning more about that, among some other things, Andrea does a great workshop. It is the Buyers to Besties workshop, which is all about turning your new people into your best people that will stay for a really, really long time. And you can get more information and sign up for the next one at besties workshop com Is that right? Besties-workshop.com. Perfect. I've yeah. gone through it. It's a great workshop and uh, strongly encourage you to check that out. We'll, of course, include the link in the show notes as well. So some really awesome tips were shared today. And remember, we all do better when we all do better. So if you know someone else that could benefit from these that wants to keep their clients and customers longer, uh, take a second. It doesn't cost you any money to share it with them because, uh, as I said, we can all thrive together as entrepreneurs. Next week on the show, six ways to fail spectacularly at your goals. This is, uh, hey. yes, this is going to be an interesting conversation. And of course, you will be able to avoid doing these things or do the opposite to reach your goals as well. But that's what we'll be talking about in episode 18. If you enjoyed this episode, a couple others that you might like, episode 14, six ways to 
grow your audience with a challenge. Challenges are a great way, not only before somebody becomes your client, but also as they are becoming your client. And then also episode number nine, six ways anyone can increase their camera confidence. Just a great episode for anyone who's struggling with getting on camera. Links are in the episode notes wherever you are watching or listening. Remember, we all do better when we all do better. So keep helping each other out. And Rhea, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Jerry. This was a blast.